Hello, and welcome to the first episode of season two of East Baseball on the Mic. I'm your host, Hope Shortridge, back with another episode. Joining me today, I have two special guests, Junior Troy Peltz. What's up? And Senior Paul Shortridge. How we doing? Thank you both for joining me today. Before we get further into this episode, why don't you both tell me a little bit about yourself? I'm Troy Peltz. I'm a junior at East, obviously, and I play baseball and football. I'm an outfielder, and I'm committed to Nebraska. Hi, I'm Paul Shortridge. I'm a senior left-handed pitcher here at Lincoln East, and I uh, just play baseball. The 2023 Lincoln East baseball season was one for the books. The Spartans won 31 out of their 35 games. The team won state on May 19th, 2023 in a 10-inning thriller versus Millard West. Lincoln East became the first Lincoln school since 1977 to win a Class A state baseball championship. Let's start at the beginning of the season. You guys actually started out 0-1 with a loss to Pius. What was it like to lose the very first game of the season after a successful season last spring and lots of preparation in the offseason? Uh, I think obviously, you know, it was pretty disappointing to come out, get beat the first game out. But I think in the end, it was also good for us because it showed us that we weren't quite there and we have to come out and give our best every game to be able to win. I'd say from that point on, that was one of our focuses was treating every game like it was our last, staying on our A game, even if it wasn't state or districts, whatever, just treating the regular season games like they were our last and giving it our all. Yeah, I think that Pius game kind of humbled us. It, it showed us that, like, you know, you know, we're not there yet. Like, Lonick would always say, like, we're a young team and we're not there yet. Um, and that just made us, like, have to, like, work harder and, like, lock in more in order to, like, achieve what we wanted to achieve. In early April, East strung together two great wins against Millard West and Elkhorn South. From this point in the season, what did these two wins show the team? I can speak more so for the Millard West game. That game, they were, I think they were 14-0 and at the time, and they hadn't been beat yet. Everybody kind of thought Millard West was unbeatable because, you know, they were the defending state champions, and they right. were a really good team, obviously, as we found out later on in the season. But winning that game and showing everyone that, oh, like, East isn't a year away, because that's what everyone in Omaha thought. They were like, oh, this year it'll be Millard West and Elkhorn South, and, and East will be a year away. But once we won that first game against Millard West and handed them their first loss, um, it kind of showed Omaha and the and the rest of the state, like, oh, East isn't a year away. Like, they're in the title mix, like, this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Obviously, Millard South and Elk South last year were both really, gr- really great teams. Coming out and being able to beat them, um, I think it was the Millard West tournament. Yep. We were on a roll that tournament. That really gave us our momentum, I think, to uh, make our state championship run, and uh, it showed us that we're able to compete at the highest level and we can be anybody in the state. The first game of the state tournament, the Spartans faced the Bellevue West Thunderbirds. It was a close game, but East finished on top 2-1 to one with another impressive performance by Carter Mick, closed by Connor Johnson. How crucial was it to come out and win the first game of the state tournament? Uh, it was huge for us. Carter had been dominant all year and he's one of our dudes. We trust him and we know what he can do, and behind him, I feel like everybody rallies and we play even better. Yeah, if you lose that you know? first game, you know, you're going to have to win, I think, five in a row if yeah. you want to come back and, and win it all. But you don't want to go through the loser bracket. 
Lincoln East then handled Elkhorn South 7-1, to securing a place in the semifinals game. Talk about the team's preparation for the state tournament and how this being the third consecutive year for some on the team helped in the situation, even though it was mostly a young team. Yeah, so we were young, but we had kind of a good idea of who they were going to throw in Carter Navin, and we had seen him the year before. So. I think after, like our hitters just came out confident, just swinging and trusting themselves because of the preparation that we had with our coaches before that game. Uh, we took, I mean, a bunch of rounds of BP, like simulating games too, though. So we felt comfortable in there in the box. And obviously the bats came out hot, put up. We put seven, seven, we put seven up in the first. And like, I think we, ha- we found a game on YouTube mm-hmm. where Naven had pitched. And yeah. we watched that in the classroom the, on, yeah. on that Sunday before. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? I also remember before that game, in the same classroom, Lonick was pulling up videos of each of our hitters and um, showing them just <laughs> absolutely crushing baseballs. And I think it kind of was actually a reminder to us how good we are. And Yeah, just, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because the game before we had, we won, but we still struggled hitting. Yeah. Like we had like three or four hits or something, and we only scored two runs. And so I think Lonick kind of felt that maybe the hitters were maybe – Maybe not losing confidence, but maybe a little nervous. And then so yeah. he showed a videos of like Troy and Jeter from Prospects just smoking balls and AJ hitting home runs and Garrett hitting home runs and was like, you know, these are the hitters we have on our team or something. And then we went out there in the first inning and put up seven. Yeah. So That's awesome. Chase Nelson and Connor Johnson combined in the semifinals against Elkhorn South again to secure the W 3-2 to two and send the Spartans to their first ever state title game. What were the feelings in this moment as a team and for you individually, knowing that you were one win away from being a state champion? This game was extremely nerve-wracking for me because I couldn't play in it because I had pitched the game before, but I had full trust in Chase and CJ. They were so big for us all year. CJ came in and got out of a jam in the fourth, but it was just super nerve-wracking. But then once that game was over, it was like relief. You know what I mean? It was, at least for me, I felt like, like okay, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to have a chance at this thing. That's all I wanted. I wanted a chance to play for a state title. I was also definitely pretty nervous going into that game. In the first inning, like standing out in the outfield, you kind of just feel the butterflies in your stomach. After that, it was like, we're here and we know we can do this. I know I can do this. Yeah. We have confidence in each other. And... All right. The long-awaited moment. Let's break down the state title game. Lincoln East walked into this matchup 2-0 on the season against Millard West, looking to go 3-0 and 14-0 against all of the Omaha schools for the 2023 season. Millard West struck first, scoring one run in the bottom of the first inning and another in the bottom of the third to make it 2-0 Millard West. After a scoreless fourth inning, Lincoln East was running out of chances. At this point in the game, what was the message from the coaches or other players before the top of the fifth inning? I think it was just that we're here. We know that we can do this. It's Millard West. We've seen them before. We know that they're going to get their hits in. I mean, they're a good team. They got a bunch of talent. It's just trusting ourselves, knowing that we can come back from this. Our coaches would always say, uh, you get punched in the face, but it's like, who's going to get the last hit? Yeah, like, um, how do you respond yeah. and stuff like that? They, Brink always says that. Always. It's a boxing like match, right? It's how, yeah. how do you respond? How do you respond after getting punched in the face? I mean, as far as, like, in the dugout, I don't think anybody was really, I mean, worried. Like, we were confident that we were going to come back. To start the top of the fifth, Tanner Peterson drew a walk. 
Jeter Worthley then flew out to deep right field, and with an overthrow to the first base, Ashton Mosier was able to tag up to second base. Then there was a bunt single by Troy Peltz. Mosier went on to score on a wild pitch. A.J. Vasco drove in Peltz on a single to the right fielder, tying the game at two apiece. How huge was the shift in momentum at this point in the game? It was pretty huge. We only had like six out, seven or eight outs left. And, you know, we we weren't panicking, but we knew like, you know, we got to start getting some together. And Tanner starting off with that walk was huge. And that moved Moj to second with one out. We were like, okay, we've got our we, we got our big bops up, like we call them. We had uh, Troy, AJ, and Garrett. We called them the big bops. And, you know, runners in scoring position in less than two outs. And that's always what you want. It kind of felt early on like the game was like all Millard West. You know, they scored 2-0. Once especially Troy got the bump down and then AJ came through, um, then it was like, okay, now it started to feel like, okay, maybe we can do this thing. After we were able to get those couple of runs in, it was huge because it put us back on, even with Millard West, anybody's game now at this point. Carter was still throwing an absolute jam. I think that point was like a point where we realized like, yeah, this is a dog. We knew it was going to be a dog fight, but this was a point where it's like, okay, this is a real like cage match, like Brink would say. And like, we, we have a chance to win this thing. And this is anybody's game at this point, like he said. After six innings, 12 strikeouts, and 114 pitches, Carter Mick handed the ball to Paul Shortridge. The Millard West ace, Drew Derrimer, went five and a third innings with six strikeouts and 106 pitches and handed the ball to Nick Van Tyker. Troy, as an outfielder and a hitter, what did Carter Mick's performance mean to you? Uh, Carter Mick had been amazing all year, and for him to be able to come in the state title game and show everybody what he can do, one, I was really happy for him. And two, it made me want to, it made everybody want to be able to back it up and mm-hmm. go win this game for him because it wouldn't have done him justice really to go out and lose after he put quite literally everything out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, 114 pitches just <laughs> literally crazy. Literally more than you're allowed to throw. <laughs> like, like, he started the last batter with 109, and you, you have to be at 110 to start the yeah. next batter or something yeah. like that. Yeah, just laid it all out there. Paul, as a pitcher, what was it like to come into the game after Carter's performance against Nick Ventiker and to face an intense Millard West lineup? Honestly, I felt like another normal outing, but I just thought back to earlier in the year. Uh, like I said, I had thrown against them before. Come in, first batter I faced was Nick, and you know Nick and I had been teammates for a couple years before, so I faced him plenty of times. Um, I've seen him come up with a lot of big hits, so that was definitely in the back of my mind too. And I, uh, I knew I had to be careful with him because he's one of the most dangerous hitters in the state. I w- would you agree that? Yeah, he's he's he's, he's, a, he's a dude. He's yeah, he's one of the most dangerous hitters in the state, and and he runs like the wind. So if he got on, I was thinking like I got to get Nick out so that he doesn't run the bases wild on me and stuff. And so I I wasn't really nervous, but I knew I had a job to do, and I knew I had needed to lock in. Otherwise, it was going to be a rough first inning. The bottom of the seventh inning thanks to Troy Peltz and Jeter Worthley, will be remembered by everyone who was a part of this state tournament for many, many years to come. Shortridge was dealing with base runners due to a few singles, and after intentionally walking Peyton Moore, the Spartans found themselves with the bases loaded and the game on the line. Caden Dreesen stepped up to the plate and hit a fly ball to Troy Peltz. Peltz secured it for the second out, and fired it all the way home to catch the runner tagging up, which would have won the game for Millard West, 
and the dime reached Jeter Worthley, who tagged out Landon Horst, sending the game into extra innings. Troy, let's talk about this incredible moment. After you caught the ball, did you have any doubt in your mind that you weren't going to get him out? Honestly, may- maybe a little bit, but I knew <laughs> I knew it was like a play that had to be made. So obviously, I'm going to throw it as hard as I can, everything I got, and um. I mean, like, like, those are the plays that you dream of as a little kid. You see the dudes in the MLB, like, I remember Yasiel Puig just gunning dudes down at home. And so that's, like, stuff that you dream of and practice it, really. Even Absolutely. Just, yeah. And so being able to come up firing, I mean, it's, it's pretty sweet. It's an opportunity that not many people get, and being able to do it at that stage was pretty sweet, too. What was your reaction after Jeter tagged him and he was called out? Honestly, the adrenaline was so crazy that I was just – on a different like in a different world i thought i was king of the planet for a minute i i remember <laughs> running by uh running by our team huddle that we had i ran straight into the dugout and i was just yelling i was like yeah come on let's go and like, <laughs> like just all fired up and i remember the coaches were like uh and i think jeter was in there too with me and they got us both they're like the game's still going on like we, we gotta go win now <laughs> and so i was obviously very pretty fired up but I calmed back down, locked in after being a little bit, maybe even too crazy. But Paul, as the pitcher during this time, what was your reaction to this play? Yeah, so uh, at first, first of all, I'd, I'd like to th- say thank you to Troy. I am forever in debt to you um, yeah. for making this play. Uh, literally, literally saved me. Um, so yeah, that inning was a a range of emotions for me. You know, going into it. Uh, they told me, okay, you got the top of the order. Uh, my longtime friend, Caden Dreesen, came up, and Dreesen was my my catcher and f- for a while. And, you know, yeah. I've, I've pitched to him many times. And we had a meeting on the mound. We had a mound meeting. And, you know, I, I said something to the infielders. I was like, hey, nobody else I'd rather be out here with or something like that. I said something like that. And it was just really, I was just like, in the moment, I was like, well, I might lose this for us, but, you know, uh, it's just, I was just like trying to enjoy the moment and, and enjoy being out there. And then first pitch, uh, I think I gave him a curveball and he, he hit it to left field and I thought it was deep enough. The wind was blowing in, thank God, but I thought it was deep enough off the bat because he, he squared it up pretty good. In my head, I was like, oh, well, I just lost us the game. So then it was like the worst moment of my life. But I was like, you know what? Might as well go back up home because there's nothing else for me to do on that play. So I went back up home, and I and I had the best view of it right along with the umpire. And I was watching it, and I saw him catch it, and I saw the throw, and I saw, and I was looking at the ball and the runner, and the ball and the runner, and the ball and the runner. And I was like, oh my god, the ball is gonna beat him there. And then I was like, Jeter's just gotta catch it. Jeter's just gotta catch it. Jeter caught it, put the tag on him, and then I went ballistic. Uh, there's a picture somewhere of me like snapping my knees in half. It, it's actually crazy how <laughs> far bent his knees are. It doesn't look. Like it, it, it doesn't look natural it, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look human i couldn't do it again if i tried i woke up the next day my knees hurt so bad i wonder why but but yeah i was so far like i i didn't even know what to say i was like let's go and then i remember i re- i just got right back in the dugout sat down and i remember going up to troy i was like thank you troy thank you troy thank you troy i was just gonna say like that's probably the coolest thing i'll ever do <laughs> honestly <laughs> Fast forward to the top of the 10th inning, Peltz started off with a single, followed by a fielder's choice bunt by Avasco that left both safe at first and second. 
Joey Senstock then stepped up to the plate and drove the ball to deep right field, just out of reach of the right fielder, scoring pelts and making it three to two Spartans in the top of the 10th inning. What was your reaction to Joey's hit? In my mind, you know, I was tired. It was, I'd already pitched three innings and I was tired. And that, that first inning was so mentally draining. The next two innings were tough. In the ninth inning, I just got out of a tough ninth inning and I saw the ball go up and I thought it was going to beat him deep. Like I thought it was going to get way over him. Then I was like, oh no, he might catch it. But then at least Troy would tag. And then I saw the ball drop and I was, and then all I could think was run Troy, run Troy, run Troy. Uh, thankfully, Joey rounded first really hard. Yeah. So Peyton Moore got him in a rundown because the play at the plate would have been super close. And so I was just, once Troy scored, I was so relieved. I can't even tell you how relieved I was, but. I just saw the ball go up, and I was like, oh, that might beat him. Like, that might beat the fielder back. And then I was like, oh, crap, I should probably tag up. <laughs> yeah. So I went back to second, and I saw him, whatever, like, he kind of did a spin almost, and the ball went over him. And then I was like, crap, I got to get going. I, was like, like, I got to give a high hand song. <laughs> Time to get. I, I ran as fast as I could, and I thought I thought I was running a lot faster than I looked like when I, <laughs> when I went back and watched the video. But, I mean, I was able to score, um, obviously, that rundown. That was that was big. That for, was so huge. I don't know if it, what would have happened if that didn't happen. But um, obviously, after I scored, I was so, so pumped up. Got back to the dugout, and everybody's yelling, screaming. Everybody's pumped, and then, then it's like, yeah. But now we got a job to do. Go out, get three outs. Exactly. Like I couldn't. I celebrated. I was like super happy, but then I couldn't be too happy because I was like, okay. I got to go get three outs now. Like I, so then, so I celebrated and then I went back and I, me and Carter the entire game, there was a certain bo- spot on the bench where we sat and I just took a spot once he left. So I went right back to the same spot on the bench, sat down there and just didn't say anything. Shortridge secured a fly out, strike out and a ground out to Owen Lessig in the bottom of the 10th inning, making history as the Spartans won their first state title in program history and became the first Lincoln team to win state since 1977 for Class A. Boys, once Owen made that play, walk me through what your emotions were in that moment. Well, I was in the outfield and I saw it and I was like, oh my God. Like I was just ecstatic. It's it's like an overflow of emotions that you can't even describe. I mean, after you put in all that work, you know, a Lincoln team hasn't done it in however long it was and how much it means to coach Lonick, all the other coaches, all of our us, us players and everybody really that was there on our side. Um, I just wanted to get in there and celebrate with my teammates. I was running in from left field and I was, I was dead sprinting. Was, <laughs> on top of the world. Yeah. In my eyes, I remember that whole inning. I had Caden Dreesen up again, the same guy from the flyout earlier. And like I said, I've faced him plenty of times before. And he's a really good hitter, and he had been having a really good year. I think he had the first two RBIs, actually, in the game. But the thing that was in the back of my mind, honestly, I really blacked out. But the one thing that was in the back of my mind was the year before, a kid by the name of A.J. Tauber hit a walk-off home run for, for Millard West uh, against Millard South in the state final. You know, it was, it was Conlon Grady was dealing the entire game, and then one pitch later, you know, just left one pitch over the middle, and it was gone, and then they lost. And so that was in the back of my mind. I was like, okay, I cannot leave something over the middle. I cannot just sit back and relax. Like, I got to, you know, make a good pitch and stuff like that. Threw him a good fastball that he swung at. And then I was like, went back to my bread and butter, my changeup. And once he, he hit it to Owen, it was right at Owen. I was just like, just make the throw, just make the throw. 
And the entire day I was, I knew I was closing the entire time, the entire day I knew I was closing. So I was like trying to think of what my, what I was going to do. Like the entire day I was like thinking about, okay, what should I do when, (laughs) when we win? And I was like, you know, we had a fierce rivalry with Millard West. They have knocked us out of the state every year that I had been in high school. They had knocked us out of the state tournament. I had seen them make all of the seniors my freshman year. It's made made them all leave the t- the the field in tears. And then my sophomore year, I left the field in tears and, along with some of my best friends and some of the, you know, seniors from that year's team. And, you know, their student section was really loud and, you know, obnoxious, which is great. But, you know, they were they're talking a lot of trash and, you know, chanting at Joey and chanting at all of our, our players and stuff. And, you know, I don't know, something came over me and I uh, turned around and I, you know, gave him a little, showed him the, the name, the student section, the name, the Spartans on the, on the chest. In my mind, it was like, kind of like a, yeah, we're here. This is for Lincoln. This is my school. Like, this is who we are. Um, and, you know, it was just, in my mind, it was payback for the previous two years when they had, you know, beat down on us in the state tournament a couple times because they owned us in the state tournament for a while, right? What did all of the support from other Lincoln schools and just the Lincoln community in general mean to you? So the support from the other Lincoln schools was crazy. You know, I looked in the stands and, you know, I saw my friends from Southwest and baseball players from Southeast and North Star and Northeast and really all of Lincoln uh, had come out to support um, you know, my friend's parents from North Star to Southwest and Southeast came out to support too. And they, they all wanted to see it done for Lincoln. Um, and then it was also, it was also cool to see Omaha come out too. Cause you know, Millard West had won it the last four years. So I think Omaha was part of Omaha was kind of rooting for us too, but it was really cool to see the city kind of rally behind us because, you know, they spend the entire year hating us because yeah. we're not very well liked by, you know, a lot of teams in the city, which is okay. But um, they spent the entire year, you know, competing against us and, you know, wanting to beat us. And then once they realize we have a chance to do something special, they're like, okay, let, like, you know, let's go, let's go cheer for them and support them. You guys even received support from members of that 1977 team. Is that correct? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. I think, uh, one of them reached out to Lonick and, uh, told us good luck and whatever, and how special it was to them when it happened and they won it. And so, uh, seeing yeah. how that's like a memory that, they cherish for that long it's cool to know that this is like something that we're gonna have forever and it's pretty special yeah it was like it was 46 years ago and he still remembers it all the time and still reaches out and wanted another Lincoln team to do it so that was pretty cool yeah that's awesome before we wrap up let's briefly mention that there were a lot of reasons this win was extra special this win secured head coach Michael Lonick his 100th win with the Lincoln East baseball program an incredible milestone to accomplish in just four seasons played of baseball. Troy and Paul, talk about what Coach Lonick and this entire coaching staff means to this program. I mean, the amount of effort that our coaches put in and how much they do for us, um, Lonick, Brink, Doggett, Klahonik, every single one of them are just, they're great people, great coaches, and being able to do that for Lonick, get him his 100th win and um, win the state championship, it's pretty cool because it's just like you're almost able to pay something back to him for how much he's able to do for mm-hmm. us. And, um, like every time I look in the coach's office, I see his 100th win um, little portrait thingy. Um, mm-hmm. It just reminds me of when we won state. 
we're I'm proud of it. Yeah. The whole team's proud of it. And yeah, like our coaches put in a ton of work. Like we had we consistently had in the spring four to five assistant coaches at almost every game. Yeah. And that does not happen. That doesn't even happen in most colleges. Most colleges you only have a couple assistants and I mean unless you're going like a division one school or something like that. But they all poured so much time, took time off from work because only one of them's paid. I think only Brink is paid. Yeah. Brink I mean Lonix paid, but so like Doggett's working for free, Cole Honick's working for free, you know, Montanus was working for free, Kirby yeah. back when he did, Knock. Mm-hmm. They're all do check. They're all like volunteers and they still cared enough about us to take off work, you know take off time that they could be spending like Doggett's got a two-year-old daughter yeah. or something and Duchek's got a, a, a couple kids you know they they chose to sacrifice time with them to be with us mm-hmm. and so getting that win you know like Troy said it kind of felt like paying them back for all the time and effort that they had poured into us and I, I remember the the early season practices um you know they were long they were cold and yeah. you know at spring break you know, we had those practices at Speedway. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, and we were terrible. There's, I, there's a couple of rough practices. I literally thought we were going 500 after one of the practices. So it was just really good for us to be able to repay them back for those long hours that they gave us. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just thankful for all the coaches and appreciate all the work that they put in. 100%. They do, all the time they sacrifice it. It's pretty special. Not, not every school has that, and I'm, we're lucky that we do. 100%. Thank you both for joining me on this episode of East Baseball on the Mic and stay tuned for the next episode.